0: This message is brought to you by Heartland Family Fellowships. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. We thank you for listening in on our podcast and hope that the Lord does bless you as you listen today. Greetings to our podcast listeners. We want to especially welcome our new listeners from Pakistan. So this morning's message is entitled, Casting Broken Crowns. The theme is, arrogant people, or people with pride, have a critical sin-finding spirit. They are quick to comb over the weaknesses of others, but rarely run a comb through their own. On the other hand, humble people, people of humility and brokenness, are quick to cover a multitude of sins with the love of Christ. They can forgive quickly because they know their brokenness couldn't come without being forgiven themselves let's talk about casting our broken crowns what do you think what I mean by this title casting your broken crown because that doesn't really sound like a great positive idea casting broken crowns what does the scripture tell us about uh, receiving a crown do we get one well just like in the story we're reading about turkeys and eagles The the turkeys are trying to build their own crowns anyway. They're putting their own jewels in their crown. They're working just as hard or in fact even harder to get jewels in their crown to make their own crowns, make their own glory. So casting broken crowns is a principle that we are supposed to throw our self-made stuff before the throne of God crowns are to be granted to us as a gift, and the jewels placed within those crowns are certainly a gift. But you know what? Arrogant people have a real hard time walking broken, don't we? So let's take a look at our principle for this week. Our theme for this week is people with pride have a critical sin-finding spirit they are quick to comb over the weaknesses of others, but rarely run the comb through their own. Now, if you walk into a room, whether it is a, a store, a restaurant, it could be someone's home, and the first thing that starts going through your mind is critiquing the person, you are guilty of arrogance. And I must add to that that every one of us has the tendency to do that. And what we're actually saying is that we got to find out what this person is like so we can determine by our own standards if we're as equal or better than that person. The problem is, is someone always loses out of that. But if you had the tendency to walk into a room or to walk into someone's home, or to walk into a restaurant and sit down, and you are not thinking about critiquing or evaluating or using the sin of comparison. And you're, more, you're thinking more about, how could I serve that person that seems to be bothering other people or that seems to be a little bit awkward or seems to be rejected? How can I better serve that person? that's evidence that you have this going for you. People of humility and brokenness are quick to cover a multitude of sins with the very love of Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you of a biblical story. Noah, after he got off the boat, um, sad to say, got drunk. He drank too much alcohol. And... Back then, it was just as important as it is today that you shouldn't lay around naked for people possibly to see you. You're to keep yourself covered. But you know what? Noah drank too much alcohol and he left himself naked. And one of the sons walked into his tent and found his father naked. Yes, this is a biblical story and did not cover him. And the other two sons backed in backwards without looking at their father and laid a blanket over his body and walked out of the tent. Do you remember which one of the three sons got disciplined by their dad when his dad finally woke up? Was it the two brothers that got disciplined for bringing a blanket and laying it over his naked body? Or was it the son that walked in there and didn't do anything? What's that? The one who walked in and didn't do anything. Now, I want you to understand something here. Jesus, when he was talking to us about this principle, <coughs> excuse me, where we are actually to be covering people's sins with the love of, of himself the love of Jesus Christ that is exactly what those two sons did they didn't look upon the sin they didn't try to comb through the weaknesses of their father they covered him and that is the visual picture that is being communicated in this statement perfect love of Jesus Christ does not consistently sit there and evaluate people It is finding ways to serve the person. So when you're upset at your mommy or your daddy or your brother or your sister, and you're no longer thinking about how you can serve them, you're doing this. You're being proud or you're being arrogant. But if they're upsetting you or someone else, and you are thinking about ways that you can serve them, to help them, to cover them, then you are allowing the love of Jesus to do what it's supposed to do. These people can forgive quickly because they know that their brokenness could not come unless they knew that they were forgiven themselves. So why should I look at someone and critique them if I know that I myself had to be forgiven of what I'm about to critique them of? Over-evaluation creates loneliness and despair. It separates you from people. It doesn't draw you to people. Our passage today is that a revelation chapter four verses nine through eleven and it says and when the living creatures give glory and honor and give thanks to him who sits on the throne to him who lives forever and ever the twenty-four elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying worthy are you O lord our god To receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and because your will they exist and you created. There is a very simple principle in this passage. First of all is we have no rights to these crowns. Crowns belong to a throne. But if you wear a crown away from the throne you are representing that throne. So when the queen has her crown on, Queen of England, when people see the crown, they should be seeing the throne. They shouldn't be seeing her, because when she dies, her son's going to be king. And when he dies, his son's going to be king. It's not about the person, it's about the throne. So these crowns we are given, are being given back to the throne. That's principle number one. Principle number two is that God is the creator of everything. So for us to critique someone for making a mistake or about to, or they've got some kind of weakness, we are elevating ourselves above the creator. We're saying we have a right to critique what is created. And we don't. We simply do not have that right. But if we're concerned about something someone is doing, God has given us some methods to deal with that. To approach the person. To talk to the person. Not for critique or combing over their weaknesses, but to heal them. Broken and humble people embrace their humble beginnings. They know they are partakers of the perfection and the blessedness of the glory of God's love, wisdom, and power. They understand the trinity of identity. That is who, who you were, who you are, and who Christ is in you. It's not just important for you to understand who Christ is in you. And there's a lot of preachers and teachers who put such an emphasis on your identity in Christ that they don't really disciple the person in understanding who they are today. What are the areas of their life that need to be infiltrated and affected by the identity of Christ? The key thing is, is how in the world are you going to know how to apply Christ to who you are today if you do not know who you were? It's not who you are anymore. It is who you were. So if I know who I used to be, therefore I am able to apply the cross of Jesus Christ in my life, in those areas that now are lies. You can't apply the truth to truth and get truth. You can't change truth. Truth is truth. There's no change to be made. When you have truth added upon truth, it just expands itself. But when you take truth and you you overpower a lie with that the lie has to be chased away there's change there's action that's what we're talking about here is the truth needs to apply today who you are or you think you are and all the lies that still are hanging around in your path from your past that truth needs to be applied to that lie and the lie will be chased away as simple as that there will be change you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free but people who are consistently walking upon truth upon truth they are expanding their lives they're not they're not into constantly having to be healed they're beyond that they're they're expanding their lives they're not focused on who they were anymore They're not even focused on who they are today. They're simply focused upon truth upon truth. Their lives are expanding everywhere they go. That's where we're supposed to be. Instead of constantly having to do the milk of the gospel and applying Christ to who you are today to fight the lies of who you used to be. That's what paralyzes you from expansion of the truth that now you can use to help others be set free. So that's why the majority of the people do not give their lives away. They don't. They're so focused on doing their own thing because they are trying to still figure out who they are, typically by occupation, and that's usually upon past education or past experiences, and they're so focused on figuring that out that they have no clue what the expansion of truth can do and the lies of others, by even being around them. When you're around a person of truth, lies have to flee. It is that simple. They can't stay around. It's like turning light on. Darkness has got to go. There's no choice. There's change. There's instant change. That's how powerful the truth is. Thank you for joining us today. Heartland Family Fellowship is a local church plant here in Sterling, Kansas. Our fellowship includes the family and all levels of worship. Our mission is to bring families back together spiritually, relationally, and physically. Many people ask us, what does that really mean, or how does it benefit them? Well, it means that you can bring your entire family to any of Heartland's events, and we will work to keep the focus on God Jesus Christ, and the body of Christ without dividing up the family at the front door. If you're interested in learning more about our fellowship or other family-integrated fellowships, please log on to our website. That is www.heartlandfellowships.org. We thank you for joining us. Get yourself and a a shirt off your back. Need a floor, need a couch, need a bus fare.